Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. Kind of snuck in here. Been doing a little work today and got a little more work to do and going to be running for a little bit this evening. So thought I'm going to take advantage of a little bit of a moment that I've got here and I'm going to jump in. This message actually kind of came about as I was listening to a sermon yesterday while we were sitting in church. Sorry, Pastor Andrew, but um, it intrigued me. The message that he was preaching was awesome. Uh, it was talking about parenting and children, and he made a comment about you know the power of the tongue, and he was spending some time in that realm, and it just really got to me, um, and I had to go kind of put a few notes on my phone real quick and. Rhonda always knows when that happens because I'm, you know, it looks like I'm texting in church, but I'm, you know, I'm usually writing, writing notes down so I don't forget things. Uh, and then when I get back to it, then I come, I come around. So I titled a message today, the power of the tongue. And again, I'm going to give a lot of credit to, to Pastor Andrew and his words that he, he preached yesterday uh, as he's been on a series about family, uh, focusing on our families. And um, this is really powerful because I think it's something that even though we may know the scripture well, uh, we may understand that you know there is a lot of power in the tongue. Uh, I think sometimes we take those words for granted and we don't spend enough time really letting that develop in us and really maybe um, kind of like what the word says, don't just read the word, do what it says. This is kind of one of those moments. This this power in the tongue, we desperately need to pay attention to because it's not just about our children. It's about all of our other relationships that we're involved in as well. Even our acquaintances, our friendships, even on our job, there is much power in the tongue. So with that, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, Amplified says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Again, that is a piece of scripture that's huge. The tongue is used throughout scripture in both literal and metaphorical ways, especially in Psalms, Proverbs, and, and even James. The tongue is a small part of the body, James 3, 5, yet in Proverbs 18, 21 says it has the power of life and death. It may be a small part of the body, but it has the power of life and death. This holds true whether we're speaking of spiritual, physical, or emotional life and death. Now, first, we need to keep in mind that the word tongue is often a reference to the spoken word. Uh, when we hear the word tongue, it's, it's talking about spoken word or language. Um, this is a special kind of figure of speech called uh, metonymy in, in which one word stands in an, for another, or closely related word possibly. A common example of uh, metonymy is seeing in this sentence, the White House issued a statement. Well, of course the White House didn't actually issue a statement. It's a building. It can't issue statements. But... In this instance, when that reference is used, White House refers to the president who lives there. So we may say the White House has issued a statement, but what that really means is either the president or the presidential staff or his administration has issued a statement. The building itself didn't say, oh boy, it might be saying that now. Never mind, we won't go there. In the same way, when Proverbs 15.4 states... A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 
Now, tongue is, again, metonymy. Obviously, a literal fleshly tongue cannot crush the human spirit. But the words the tongue produces most certainly can. If, if we look at it in a spiritual sense, what our tongue produces has eternal implications. For it reveals what's in our heart. Whatever comes out of the mouth, you know. Jesus said the good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. That's Matthew 12, 35. Isaiah places words on, our, on, on par with actions for displaying a sinful heart. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2 and 3. I, I didn't actually look that one up. You can do so. I missed that. Sorry. Uh, Isaiah 59, verse 2 and 3. Men will have to give account one day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. It's Matthew 12, verse 36. In and of ourselves, we are utterly unable to tame the tongue because it is a restless evil full of deadly poison, is what it says in James chapter 3, 8. A tongue under control is a mark of the Spirit's power. Apart from accepting Jesus' atonement on the cross, we will be judged according to our words. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37 says, For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Pretty powerful piece of scripture. Now, that was the spiritual element. Let's look at the physical side. In order to take Proverbs 18.21 literally, that the tongue can cause physical life and death, we do not need to tax our imagination. Words create actions, good and bad. A judge or jury, by simply saying a word, can cause a person to be killed or a person to live. Words often save lives. A doctor advises surgery. A weatherman issues a tornado warning. A counselor gives hope to a suicidal person. So words often can be used in order to save lives. Conversely, words can also kill. Murderers are often initiated because of arguments or verbalized hatred in the sense of causing action. Then the tongue does indeed have the power of life and death. Let's look at the emotional side. Emotions are powerfully affecting, yet they are vulnerable to injury. James describes the tongue as a fire in James 3, 6, and, and who has not been burned by it. I mean, many of us have been the recipient of a fire coming from someone's mouth. Proverbs 15, 4 describes a healing tongue as a tree of life. As much as love is an action, what would romance be without words? We wouldn't have romance if we didn't use the word, I love you, or uh, how soft and sweetly spoken things, we wouldn't have the romance without words. Encouragement often comes through spoken words. So does discouragement. Reckless words pierce like a sword, Proverbs twelve eighteen. The wound is emotional and it's deep. What we say can have a profound effect on others. Ron and I talk frequently about uh, belittling ourselves. I, I grew up uh, I've, I've always been overweight. I've always been the fat kid. She hates me saying that, but it's true. I grew up overweight, I, and, and I grew up being made fun of my entire life. It, it, is it something I can ever get used to? Eh, I learned to live with it. But I can, I can go back and tell her stories 
of certain times when certain things were spoken either about me that I overheard or to me that I was a recipient of. And I, and those, those words are still like scars on my heart. I hear them still today. So I understand how words can cut us very deeply emotionally. And what we say can have a very profound effect on others. To bring this all to a close, God made us expressive beings. So we are nearly lost without communication. We must have communication. That is why we have audio recordings. It's why we have Braille for the blind, sign language for the deaf, and writing for anyone who has something to say from a long ways away. Indeed, speech has enormous implications, especially as a vehicle for sharing the gospel. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 says, But how will people call on him whom, in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher or a messenger? You understand what that's saying? How will people call on him in whom they've not believed? And how will they believe in him if they've not been told or if they've not heard? And how will they hear unless somebody speaks those words? Therefore, I love that, because of this, we are commanded to control the tongue, to keep it from evil, and keep our lips from speaking lies. Psalms 34, 13. To cap this off, James 3, verse 9 through 10 says, A Christian's speech should consistently honor the Lord. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in God's likeness, out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. James chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And that is such a powerful way to end this little segment. That is not how it should be. There should not be cursing and blessing coming out of the same mouth. There should not be cursing and praise coming out of the same mouth. We've got to learn to, to take control of the power of the tongue. We have the ability our, our tongue can't do anything that our mind doesn't let it. That's, I know there's a lot of memes out there that you know, simply state, sometimes my tongue speaks things that are in my brain before I can catch them as they roll out of my mouth. It shouldn't be that way. We have the ability and the power to control our tongue. We've got to exercise, practice it. We've got to keep moving forward in such a way. Things that come out of our mouth need to be wholesome. They, need, they may need to be reproving. They need to be corrective at times. Maybe if it's our children or someone who needs correction. But it should be done also uh, in control. There, there shouldn't be this yelling and screaming. I, I, I have been around parents who do nothing but yell and scream at their kids. They threaten them. They threaten them with all kinds of bodily harm. But that bodily harm never comes to pass. It's just yelling and screaming in a threatening manner. That absolutely has no power and has no purpose. Matter of fact, oftentimes it's very demeaning to those young kids. We've got to learn to control our tongue, controlling the power that comes with the tongue, because there is much power in the words that come from our mouth. And the Bible simply says that you'll know them by their fruit. It's, it's what goes out of a man that defiles a man, not what goes in. I think it was Paul that was speaking that. We, you're going to know the depths of the heart from the words the mouth speaks. You'll truly know who someone is by their words. They can fool the best of them, but there's going to come a time when you'll hear what's truly in a person's heart. 
I pray that your heart is found pure today. Find a way to, to bring correction to your own words. There used to be a commercial out that was talking about counting to 10 before you react. It was, it was about child abuse. That's what that was. And maybe that's not such a bad idea. Maybe we need to put that back into practice today. Maybe we do need a pause button so that we have time to think before we speak. Because oftentimes when we speak before we think, the things that come out of our mouth are not wholesome and, and, are, and are not useful even. They're, they're, they're blatantly wrong in many cases. And it causes problems. It causes damage. It can cause pain. It can inflict uh, hurt. Uh, it, and it can also even cause death to one's spirit or soul. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, thank you for following along on our podcast. I pray that this stirs your heart the way it stirred mine. Th- that we truly do need to understand what it means to have control of our tongue. And knowing that the tongue carries much power with it, that we truly do learn to harness that power and use it objectively, uh, correctly, and in blessing rather than cursing. Amen. Rhonda and I love you. We're praying for you today. We're praying you're having an incredible week. I know it's Monday. we got a long ways to go to get to Friday, but we're already on the way. We're halfway there through this day anyway. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. We'll talk to you again real soon.